I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that just a little bit. I, uh, you know, the that song actually, uh, "Good Good Father" song. I, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that much before yourselves or when you heard about that. When that first came out, I remember uh, thinking, "Wow, that's a pretty simple song, but a very very powerful song." And it's, and, af- and especially after becoming a a dad myself, I thought, you know, there's probably not much greater compliment you could give God than just saying, very simply, you're a really good father, you know. I think for myself personally, I think, man, after a long day, if I come home, no matter how how hard it's been, and Corey says, you know, Dad, I love you, and, you know, you're good, and I know you love me, I think, well, that's about as good as it gets right there, so you don't need much past that. Now, she doesn't always say that. Uh, There's times that you know, the other day we were telling, Katie and I were going to go on a date. My dad was going to come over and babysit. And she goes, oh, great. I love when Papa comes over. He's the most handsome man in the world, and you're the most boring person in the world. And I was like, well, I don't know about that, you know. Um, and then I was putting her to bed a few nights later, and uh, she likes Katie or I. If we put her to bed to, you know, lay with her in her bed for bed, tell her stories, and we were laying kind of close. She goes, Dad, your breast smells like mold. And I was like... Well, how do you know you knew what mold was, much less <laughs> that you knew what it smelled like? And I'm pretty sure it doesn't. And so I was like, you're no, you know, rose breath yourself, you know. But, um, but anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. Um, tonight we're going to be continuing in a series that we've been doing all semester on the kingdom of God. And uh, if, you, if you've missed some of the messages of the series or if you want to rehear any of those messages, uh, we have a website, usccristianchallenge.com, and you're welcome to go on there sometime and uh, click on resources and listen to these messages. I think the series, from talking to, you know, several of you throughout the semester, I think it's been a really helpful series, um, at least I hope it has been, and, uh, and you know, there's been a lot of really good stuff covered in this series, but if you forgot everything, or if, you, or if you've missed most of the series, if there's, if there's one idea I would say, don't forget, if nothing else, it's this. It's the idea that uh, the good news of the Gospels that Jesus talks about in, uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not primarily about the forgiveness of sins. And that may be a soundbite that many of you have heard before, or many of you have even believed or said yourself, you know, like, that's the good news. Actually, not quite. You know, really, the good news of the, uh, the Gospels that Jesus talks about is the availability of the kingdom of God right now to every one of us. Regardless of what's gone on in our past, we actually can step into God's kingdom right now if we're willing to trust him and submit to his rule and reign in our life. And the great thing about that, why that is such a good deal, is in this kingdom we get to have God as our king. We get to have God as our father. And with all the benefits that entails. And we get to be in a personal relationship with the smartest, the wisest, the kindest, the most powerful being that's ever existed all the time. Now, the way we enter the kingdom is through the forgiveness of sins that Jesus does when he died on the cross for our sins and and rose from the dead. But the forgiveness of sins, guys, you want to remember, that's just the door. The door into the real good news, which is the kingdom of God that we get to live in every single day um, if we choose to live under his rule and reign. Now, entering into a different kingdom is like entering into a different country. 
Uh, many of you guys have probably traveled or lived in other countries yourselves. And what you know is, in other countries, there are different rules, different customs, different ways of speaking, different values, different ways of doing things. Now, just because you've gone to a new country doesn't mean you automatically know how to live there. You know, it takes some adjustment. It takes some time getting used to a new way of being in a different country. And Jesus understood this too, which is why in his famous Sermon on the Mount, uh, one of the things he was constantly doing, if you ever read that, it's in Matthew 5 through chapter 7, is he's constantly making big contrast between what living in the kingdom of God's like versus what living in the kingdom of darkness is like, which is the kingdom of this world that we're currently in. It's how things are normally done. And so in Matthew 7, one through, uh, verses 1 through 12, Jesus gives a great contrast between how people normally relate uh, to each other, particularly as it deals with how people really try to help people change or force people to maybe, uh, versus how we're going to do, go about that in his kingdom. And so uh, I'm titling this talk tonight, Golden Rule Living, uh, which is really, the reason I titled that is because in verse 12 of Matthew 7, 1 through 12, Jesus gives us the famous golden rule. He says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, you guys have probably heard that a lot before, you know, even if you didn't know Jesus said it. But I want you to just pause for a second and think about what's on the screen right there. You know, Matthew 7, 12. I don't know about you, but the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, that's a really great statement. Like, I would love if my relationships, if, if the way I treated people could be said that's true of me, you know. I want people to treat me that way, you know. That's a pretty awesome way to to relate. Well, in verses 1 through 11 of chapter 7, what Jesus does is he expands on what this looks like in his kingdom, particularly as it relates to how we judge and how we help other people to change versus the way it's typically handled in the kingdom of this world. And guys, the reason this is important, the reason we're talking about this tonight is it's important for us to really understand and begin to allow how he's saying and how we're supposed to relate to really sink into the way that we're going to relate because what happens is, you know, when you're, what you know it to be true is if you're in a different country, uh, the way we do things here in the U.S. don't work over in those countries. Well, the same is true in God's kingdom. The way we, God says, is right and works to treat people in his kingdom doesn't work, you know, and this, I mean, the way we do it in this kingdom doesn't work in his kingdom. So we have to learn a different way of relating. And in fact, actually, the funny thing is, and maybe the sad thing is, uh, the way we deal with judgment and the way we deal with helping people change in this kingdom doesn't even really work in this kingdom either. <laughs> you know, like we, uh, but it's just the way we've always done it. Uh, it's the way it was going on in Jesus' day, even to today. Um, but that doesn't have to be the case if we choose to change that. So let me read Matthew 7, 1 through 12, and give you kind of a big picture of what uh, the passage is about. And then we'll, we'll break it down a little bit further. So you have it up on the screen. Matthew 7, uh, 1 through 12 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time you have a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 
Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The word judging uh, in our world today can be a pretty hot topic uh, word, you know, and applied in a lot of different situations in a lot of different ways. Um, and usually most of those connotations are, are negative. So the question is, you know, is judging always a bad thing? You know, is it always a bad thing? Well, I guess it depends on the kind of judgment you're using. See, the word judgment is kind of like the word pride. There's a good kind and there's a bad kind. See, it's good to take pride in things like your work, you know, you're studying hard here, you see. You got to take pride in that. That's a good thing. You know, as a, as a husband and a father, I take pride in my wife and kids. You know, I'm very proud of them. But there's also a bad kind of pride, you know, where you're, you're kind of, you're full of yourself, you know, and you think you're better than other people. And, and nobody likes that kind of pride. In the same way, there's a, there's a good kind of judgment and there's a bad kind of judgment. And it's important to distinguish between the two of these guys because one is essential and one's lethal. And each kind of judgment actually brings along with that a particular kind of attitude, as we see up here, a particular kind of look, a particular kind of approach, and therefore a particular kind of result. And so depending on which path you take, you're going to get some very different results. Now the typical way in Jesus' day, like I said, it, as it is today, is to take the bad judgment approach, which is why many marriages and many Sibling relationships or friendships or national or international affairs are in the state they're in is because people take the bad judgment approach. But again, that doesn't have to always be that way. In fact, Jesus knew if we tried to take our old kingdom approach into his new kingdom and how we uh, work with people, it's not going to work. So instead, he chooses to give us, he, he gives us a new kind of judgment, a much better one with a different kind of attitude and a different kind of approach, with a very different result. So tonight what I want to do is I want to kind of contrast these two uh, so we can see the difference, what, what good judgment looks like and what bad judgment looks like, and then kind of their accompanying attitudes and approaches and results. So first, good judgment. What does it mean to have good judgment? Well, good judgment actually is really just basically the ability to have an exercise discernment. Uh, to be able to gather the facts about something um, or someone, and then with that evidence to weigh it against what you know to be true and right, and then from there uh, to form you know, an approach, an opinion of how, how you're going to move forward with this thing or this person. Good judgment is crucial in daily decision-making, but it's also crucial, guys, and you guys know this, in, in a lot of bigger life decisions, like who you're going to be really close to, you know, who's going to influence you? Who are you going to look up to? Who are you going to marry? You know, good judgment is pretty uh, essential. It's something we want to grow in. But see, the challenge, though, of good judgment is it's only as good as the information we have. 
See, we don't know all the facts about people all the time, and they're constantly changing for the better or for the worse, and so we have to constantly be shifting our judgments. That's why good judgment is always written in pencil, because you may need to change your judgment as new information comes in, whether good or bad. So good judgment says things like, you know, this is what I observe, uh, but I could be wrong. You know, uh, based on what I know, what people have told me, I think this is how it is, but that could change. So what's good judgment? It's an evaluation written in pencil. It's an evaluation written in pencil. So then what's bad judgment? Well, bad judgment, rather than being an evaluation written in pencil, is a conclusion written in ink. Instead of making a good judgment on how a person is acting at that time and maybe what that might lead to, a person that's exercising bad judgment seeks to draw an equal sign uh, on a person's life and render a final judgment like a judge would do in a courtroom. Now, we may be right about that, about what's going on in their life. Like, we may be having an accurate assessment, but it's not our place to render a final judgment on someone else. Why? Well, because life's not over yet, you know. God makes that final call. Um, when we make bad judgments on people, what we're doing is we're not saying, you know, hey, this is what I observe. What we're saying is this is who you are. That's not going to change. And when we use ink words in relationships, what we're doing is we're condemning the other person and we're saying there is no hope for you. This is who you are, and that's not going to ever change. But then 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says this. It says, therefore... Judge nothing before the appointed time, but wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. And at that time, each will receive his praise from God. See, the problem with making pen judgments and making final decisions is, is two things. Well, there's probably more than two, but at least two things. First, uh, you know, we don't have all the evidence. Uh, we rarely have all the facts uh, and what's more, we, we don't know what's going on in the motives of the heart of the person that we're making a judgment on, you know. In fact, we usually don't even know, we, we have trouble figuring out what's going on in the motives of our own hearts, much less the hearts of the other person. Um, and then second, you know, we're not the final judge. You know, God is. And what I think of you and what you think of me, at the end of the day, ultimately really doesn't matter. Um, you know, in the end, God's the one that's making a judgment, so it doesn't really matter what you think and what I think. Now, you may want me to like you, and I may want you to like me, and that's a good thing, you know. You know, it's good that we like each other. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter that much. Um, which is why, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, the idea of, like, seeking the approval of others, it's kind of pointless. Like, you know, I could, I, I make a lot of predictions about March Madness, and... <laughs> As you will know, if you're in the bracket with me, I'm wrong about a lot of those. But it doesn't really matter because nobody is making final calls on who gets a trophy based on what Jeremy thinks, you know, other than my own bracket. Um, in 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4, just before the passage that we read earlier, Paul says this. He says, I care very little if I am judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Meaning at the end of the day, guys, you know, whether you think I'm doing well 
whether you think I'm doing poorly or whether I think I'm doing well or I think I'm doing poorly, it doesn't matter because you're not the judge and I'm not the judge. In fact, God's the judge. So it's really important to figure out what does he think? What's he think? So how do you know if you're exercising good judgment or bad judgment, whether you're writing in pencil or whether you're writing ink? Well, to figure that out, you have to begin to look at your attitude and look at your look. So first, what's the, what's the bad judgment attitude and look? This is what's described in uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 4, where it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? So see, the bad attitude approach is this. It says, I'm better than you. You know, I'm better than you. And so the look, the look is down. You know, I'm looking down on you because I'm better than you. And when you do this to others, how do you think they're going to react? Very pleasantly? No. No, what, what the passage says and what actually is probably going to happen if this hasn't happened to you before is they're going to judge you right back, aren't they? You know, and probably in the same measure and in the same way. And even if your judgment had some truth to it, like, and they might have been benefited by it, they're not going to hear what you have to say. And then what's probably going to happen is you're going to feel upset that you got judged back and you're going to judge them again. And around and around it goes, Thus is all arguments in any relationship, in marriage, and everything else, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And the reason none of this, uh, and the reason this ink approach attitude never really works and is so toxic is because nobody really has the right to take out a pen and write you or me or really anyone off as being less than. And the reason none of us have that right is it really doesn't matter, you know, uh, what your issues are, what my issues are, what someone else's issues are, we all have the same root issue, which is sin. See, whether you're bribing your way into USC or you're here on scholarship, I hope there's no one in the room now. Um, uh, couldn't resist. Uh, you know, regardless of why you're here, we still all have sin in our lives that we have to deal with. Now, in our society, we tend to kind of differentiate the severity of, of different sins. We tend to say things, well, you know, like murder is like a lot worse than like lying, right? Um, or, you know, complaining is, it's, it's not as serious as like cheating or stealing. Um, but at the end of the day, though, guys, it's, it's all sin. Uh, and while there is, yes, a big difference between like a serial killer and myself, or at least I would hope that there is, um, eh, you know, <laughs> depending on the day. Um, you know, in the eyes of God, unfortunately, uh, it's really not as big of a difference as I like to think. Especially if I have a mustache. Um, no offense. <coughs> Someone. <laughs> um, because really, guys, we all have sin in our lives we have to deal with. So I don't have the... Uh, so going back to what Jesus said, you know, about the plank and the sawdust... It doesn't really matter uh, which one you have in your eye. They both hurt, and they both cause irritation, you know. Now, granted, having a plank in your eye probably hurts a little bit more than having some sawdust in your eye. But I've worked with 
cutting wood before, and man, getting sawdust in your eye really hurts, you know? And regardless of whether you have a plank or sawdust, the solution for both is the same. You gotta get it out. So do I have the right, you know, to evaluate and come to some good judgments about people and how I should relate to and react to them? Yeah, yeah, I do. That's, that's valid. That's actually wise. You ought to learn to do that. Um, but do I have the right to judge them by writing them off with ink? No. No, see, that's, that's exercising bad judgment. So now the good judgment attitude. What is that? Well, this is the pencil attitude. The pencil attitude says this. It says, I'm similar to you. You know, I'm not the same as you, but I'm similar. Therefore, the look is eye to eye. The look is eye to eye. So how do we get there? Well, first, we have to begin to address the sin in our own life. This is what Matthew 7, 5 says. It says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, addressing the sin in our own lives, guys, that's not like a, oh, what are you doing Friday afternoon? Oh, I'm just addressing the sin in my life, and then move on to something else. <laughs> you know, um, No, that's not a short-term project. Uh, this is really a lifelong task that's going to require um, daily effort, daily work. And not only daily work to just like recognize and deal with the sin, but actually to begin to get even deeper and deal with the wrong motives in our hearts, which is a, a big driver behind and sometimes even more painful and, and dangerous than just the sins themselves. But guys, if, if you will make the regular uh, effort to make dealing with sins and motives in your life, uh, looking at them from God's angle and getting his resources to really work on them, uh, over time, you're going to begin to see yourself and you're going to begin to see other people from a much clearer and a much more humble stance. And then, and only then, will you actually be in a place that you might actually be able to help someone else with sin going on in their life. And only then will they possibly be even open to your help, if they are at all. So when you see a speck in the eye of someone else and you think, I'm going to go help them out, just stop. Before you do that, First stop and ask yourself the question, hey, is there anything about that sin that may be true of my life that I need to deal with? You know, do I have wood in my eye that I need to take out first so that I can see clearly to help this person take the wood out that's in their eye? That's the good judgment attitude, the pencil attitude. So now we come to the approach. The approach is basically just the resulting action of how we move forward with our particular form of judgment, whether that be the good or bad approach, the pencil or the pen approach. So let's first talk about the ink approach. So the bad judgment approach, if you're looking down on someone, like we talked about, uh, with an attitude of, you know, I'm better than you, then your approach is often going to be this. It's going to be, I can change you. You know, I can change you. After all, I have the pen of power, you know, with permanent ink, and... Uh, and if I use my ink words, they will change, you know. Doggone it, they're going to change, you know. And uh, after all, my words are so convincing, they're so, uh, so powerful, they're so convicting, they're so helpful and accurate that who wouldn't change after I used my pen, right? Has that been the case for you guys when you guys talk to people? Is that not how? No? Maybe that's just me. Um, so what does Jesus say about this in Matthew 7, 6? He says, do not give what is sacred. Uh, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample on them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. 
what the heck does that mean? Um, well, Jesus said, don't give dogs what is sacred. What's sacred? Well, for us, it's God's word, you know. So it's the most sacred thing we have. Full of uh, pearls of wisdom, you might say. You know, dad joke. Um, <clears throat> but Jesus says, don't give dogs Bibles and don't give pigs pearls. Why? Well, for one reason, they won't be able to recognize their value. See, we think our words of ink, uh, if we'll just use them, you know, if we can guilt someone enough, if we can persuade someone enough, if we can coerce them enough, they're going to change. But unfortunately, what you start to find out, if you haven't already at this point, is, man, your words just don't, don't carry near as much weight as you wish they did, because they're pencil words. They're not ink words. And now our words are important, but they're just really not as powerful as we think they are. And the reality is, guys, no matter how good your advice is and how eloquent you speak, um, if someone doesn't want to change, they're not going to change. Uh, and if you, uh, it doesn't matter how well of crafted words you use, you know, if they don't want to change, guys, I mean, that's about as useful as throwing Bibles before pigs or Bibles before dogs and pearls before pigs, you know. So even even though the Bible, even though Bibles are valuable, uh, what a dog really wants is they want dog food, you know. And even though pearls are really valuable, what a pig really wants is some slop. So given the appetites and the perspectives of dogs and pigs, you probably never thought about the appetites and perspectives of dogs and pigs, but given their appetite and their perspectives, uh, they're not really in a place to value, much less be helped by pearls and Bibles. And what Jesus is saying here, guys, is, you know, people are often the same way. Uh, given what they want right now in life, what their perspective on life is, and what they think is really valuable in this world, they're not in a place in life where they're really going to value your pearls of wisdom, even if it's straight out of Scripture. You know, the Bible says, I don't care, you know, is what they're thinking. And if you try to force your words on someone and they don't want it, What's going to end up happening is the same thing that's going to happen if you keep giving dogs Bibles and pigs pearls. They will turn on you, and it's not going to be pretty. So what do we do then? Nothing? No, I don't think we do nothing. I think what we do is we choose to set down our pens, and we choose to pick up our pencils and take the good judgment approach. So what is that? Well, Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. See, the good judgment approach will follow this sequence of asking and seeking and knocking. First to God, and then to the person that you actually think has the speck in their eye. So the first thing is ask. We want to ask God to really first begin to change us, you know. So if you see something, you know, in another person's life, man, ask God, say, God, to whatever degree that is in my life, would you please just open my eyes to that so that I can begin to change? Because I don't want that to, if that, that doesn't look, you know, attractive, I don't want that in my life, you know. And it probably is to some degree. And then we ask God to really change the other person. God, would you change them? 
And then and only then are we in a position where we can really ask the other person, hey, uh, I've had some thoughts about a particular area or subject in your life, you know, would you like to hear them? And then seek. Seek to understand ourselves from God's point of view, and then seek to understand the other person that we're relating to from God's point of view, not just your own point of view, not just what you think, but, man, seek out, what does God think about this? Um, Get his insight, get his understanding on your heart and motives as well as the heart and motives of the person you're relating to. And so when you seek to do this, your approach will be something like, hey, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, but what I'm seeing is such and such. Can we, can we talk about this? You know? And then knock. Instead of banging down the door, we choose to knock. Um, and we do this because we realize, you know, people actually have uh, the right to privacy. You know? Maybe to their own hurt, but they actually have the right to privacy. So we knock. We ask for permission to sh- before sharing. And if they say yes, great. You got an open door to share. But they may say no, which is okay. They just, we choose to respect that. You know, we don't, well, I'm coming in anyway. You know, it's like, no, okay, we'll save that for later. So the good judgment approach means we start by doing business with God for, with ourselves first. And then we choose to use our pencil words to appeal to the only one who actually has the ability to write an ink, which is God himself. And then if we do that, guys, we can begin to approach others as a friend with a thought written in pencil as opposed to a judge with a verdict written in ink. Now, this brings us to the results. First, the bad result. Now, the result of taking the bad judgment approach with our pens uh, is often people, what they feel is they, they tend to feel like we're trying to give them a final grade and they feel condemned and pretty hopeless. And what this usually does is this doesn't, you know, bow well for our relationship. It tends to cause wedges in your relationship. If you've never experienced this, just wait. Uh, and they don't grow and change any, and your relationship's no better off. In fact, it's probably worse off. However, if we take the good judgment approach with our pencils, then we won't be seen as a judge giving a final verdict or a teacher giving a final grade, but rather we could be seen as a friend giving a peer review with the goal of really helping the other person really make progress. And if they're willing to hear what we have to say and act on it, man, they might actually even begin to change. And our relationship either way can really be deepened. So if we want to really experience golden rule living, like we talked about in the kingdom of God, what we need to do is we need to first choose the right kind of judgment. There is a right kind of judgment with an attitude that says, you know, we're similar. So I'm going to look at you eye to eye on this subject. And if we see sin patterns in another person's life that we need to, that we think they need to deal with, then we need to first stop and address that sin pattern in our own life. And then rather than trying to change them with our ink words, we need to use the pencil words and ask and seek and knock, first of God and then of them, with the goal of not trying to give final grades that lead to condemnation, but trying to give peer reviews that might actually lead to progress. So that's something that, you know, I've been praying for that as I've been praying for this for myself as well as for you guys. So that's something I think we could actually begin to accomplish, you know.
as, as we get after it. So let me pray for us, and then I'll invite the band back up, and we'll sing some more songs. Father, um, the, the bad judgment approach just does not work, but yet we tend to go to it over and over and over. Uh, Father, I really do pray that you would help us to step into your kingdom and actually really begin to uh, leverage the good judgment approach that you offer. And that God, as a result of that, uh, man, people can really uh, experience real love and experience real growth. We don't have to uh, act like we have zero opinions about anything and everything is fine and everything's always going fine, but we can actually, in a loving and kind way, bring things up um, without being hypocritical and without condemning and presenting final grace. Because we realize ultimately that, that, rely, that falls in your hands. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day what we think because we're not the judge. So I, got, I pray that within this room, would that really begin to characterize uh, our relationships with each other and then our relationships with the people we relate to outside of this room? And that would really begin to spread in our families and in the rest of the people around here at USC. And people would really, uh, it'd just be a breath of fresh air for them. Wow, that's, that's a new way of relating. So I pray that would be true in our lives, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.